it was a problem, yo, I saw him. Where to you mother? Did you play this game when you were little? Oh, yeah. Ready? Ah, uh, I can't do it because of the microphone. I just won twice. That's how smart I am. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Shit. God damn it. Go. <laughs> I am going. <laughs> I'm just crushed. I even did Yeah, you can't really. No. Because I'm stuck. You're, you're like, Arr. thanks for listening to Two Cool Moms. I'm Joe Gatto. Hold my hand. Okay. Hi, I'm Steve Byrne. We are here coming to you live recorded. Live. Recording. 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 We're, we're here. We're, we're live, live while recording it. We're recording live. What does that mean? No clue. What is it's recorded recorded live. Of course we're live. <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. You're not going to record like record. This. A record recording would be if we recorded something live and then somebody filmed the playback of the recording. That's a recorded recording. Uh, this is too confusing for me. This a live recorded where... recording would be if someone recorded a live performance, was recording it as we watched it being played back. This show was recorded <laughs> in front of a no studio audience. <laughs> we could do that. That we could do. Yeah. You're right. Okay. You're right. You're right. How many people did the Sullivan and Son stage hold? Uh, about 150. So you had those? 175. So that was, and how that worked? That people just came in? That wasn't ticketed, right? People just like came or reserved spots? How did it work? Uh, you know, it's when we did it, look, this is 2012 to 14, so three years. So this is when people still were kind of like watching TV. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this is, I mean, that's how long ago this was, right? This is kind of before streamers. This is, oh my God, like 10, 11 years ago. So you think crazy? in 10, 11 years, all the streamers that come into play, they were kind of there, but not like what not they like are now. now. Yeah, they weren't so, making this killer content that they had. They were basically replaying mostly. Yeah, but we were filming in Los Angeles. We were in the summer. We were one of the few shows to be taping, so we never had a problem getting people to come in and um and be part of the audience, which was nice. Did you have regulars? You had regulars you there did. for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and other shows that recorded on your lot. It was during the summer, so when we, for example, when we got there. Um, Big Bang Theory was was always leaving. Mm. Like they were wrapping up, and then we come in. And I remember one time not the same stage though, right? No, they were they were like two stages down. Mm -hmm. Ellen DeGeneres was right next to us. Okay, but we would come in, and I remember one time we were coming in, and you know I had a pass, so it, like all of us, we could just hang out in this on the lot whenever we wanted to, and we saw them taping taking all the stuff from the set of Big Bang Theory and throwing it into dumpsters. And I saw this one Superman that was like like this, but it was like it was like four feet big, right? Yeah. And, and what I learned was it hung up in the comic book store on the set. I was like, wow, that's fucking cool. I, I love Superman, so I was like, I'm gonna I'm fucking gonna take that. And then um, you I took it. I, I, I yeah, I definitely took it. And then I had a friend that said, hey, you know what that is? I was like, no. They're like, that's in the in the Superman of the comic book store on Big Bang Theory. I was like, oh, really? And then years later. I had met somebody who was a huge Big Bang Theory, and I sent it to him. So I that is so cool of you. Yeah, I, it didn't mean anything to me, you know. Right, right. But um, well, Superman does. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. So they used to do that, but but like the um, yeah, I, I think people don't realize when you when you go to those like we filmed in front of an audience, so people yeah. always thought, oh, it's canned laughter. It's it's like no, like if they didn't laugh at the joke, we had to. Assemble with the writers and write. We had to come up with three options and do them back to back to back to get the laugh, or it was just getting cut. Oh my goodness! So, so when I always hate it when people say that because there are there are shows that definitely, definitely do that. Do it, but yeah. what we did, we did it old school. Nobody nobody does this anymore. 
Um, we would do it like Happy Days or Laverne and Shirley. Um, we would do a run-through at 3 o'clock. So at 3 o'clock, a, a totally different audience would come in. They'd be the first ones there. We'd run the whole show A to Z, no breaks, no in-betweens, no retakes, no reshoots, A to Z in an hour. Mm. So your audience was in, and they were out. And then we kind of gauge what, what was working. What worked if you and then the next one, we'd go, and that would be two, two and a half, three hours, sometimes like five. How much time between the two of them? Uh, it depends how much writing right, you need to do. Yeah. So there wasn't a hard start for the second one. That's no, good. but there were there was one or two times I remember where... I, solid 9 p.m. <laughs> this was one of the worst experiences, like, professionally as, as the lead of that thing, because I'm in every single yeah, scene, right? So I, I've... You know, you're ready to roll. It's like, all right, I, I, I've memorized everything. I hope this doesn't change too much. I can deal with it. There was an episode with Billy Gardell, and he was like my competitor, my mm -hmm. nemesis in Pittsburgh. And he comes to do this thing. We have this bar challenge where he opens a bar across the street from Sullivan's Son called Lyle and Sons. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so we had the best bartender competition at our place. And... um. We did the run through. There was a lot of things that someone didn't like, one of the producers, and so we had to recalibrate uh, the script. I had eight pages of new dialogue. So when you get the new pages, the writers are writing, the audience is waiting. They'd been waiting, by the way, this particular episode, the audience had been waiting an hour and a half. Oh. So you have like blooper videos or Gary Cannon's going out telling yeah, jokes and joking. the funniest. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember I was just like, what is taking so fucking long? Let's go. And uh, they give me a new script, and you see all the revisions in it. And I had eight pages of dialogue all in the back half. So what happened is I get them. Everybody gets the pages. And now guess what? You don't have time to go over it. No. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to start the show. And I'm like, oh, uh, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah. So literally, I'm, thank God I had the bar. I'm memorizing my new lines while I'm doing the first scene, scene and the and second scene, them, yep. and I'm 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 doing two things at once, and it was the most stressed wow, I've ever been. You had to be fired up, right? And then we did the uh, the back half of those scenes, and I was able to like uh, somehow. I think sometimes when you're put in a corner and they tighten the vice, yep. you don't know what you're capable of. But that particular episode, I remember, it, it, it fucking went off with that you had, hitch. You had to walk off proud, though, right? Like you that feel like one, a professional, that was right? One of the, yeah. The, the, that was one of the few times that and the pilot the pilot i was you know it's my first yeah. literally my first acting thing where i have more than two lines i'm in every single scene and i remember i remember the realization hit me like if i fuck up i'm keeping everybody here mm. so i went to because i was a producer i had the pass i went there saturday and sunday we were taping on a monday i went there saturday sunday and I literally went through the blocking on the set by myself for like four hours a day. Wow. And uh, if it, if it was one of those like video, I'm sure there's a security camera. It would look <laughs> just like you bouncing around like just a crazy me like man. that and going like yeah. this and just doing the blocking. And, like be the uh, worst. Like it would look like an outtake from Paranormal Activity. <laughs> <laughs> it was just as scary. Yeah. But I remember that day. Yeah. I was like, thank God I came in prepared because. Um, it all went off with that hitch. It was it was one of those few times. Yeah. Did you keep any memorabilia you have from? Do you have from your show? The only thing I kept was um, the only thing I kept. It, it wasn't anything from the set. It was the actual three D. Um, 
uh, set design. Rendering of the bar? Yeah, where the architect put it all together and it was like to scale, but it was like this. So I oh, is I it like a, a diorama? It's like a diorama? Exactly. It's yeah. like, a, oh, that's cool. I put a case like over it. Like a Lego it. set. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it's all like white cardboard, but like, you know, expensive. Yeah. It, it looks really cool. And that was. Um, that was the thing I kept, and that was from the pilot. Um, but I did want to. Oh no, I did take one thing. What'd you get? I did take one thing. So the first season, I wanted to take the table hockey. I was going to steal it, mm. but I knew Jerry, the set designer, would get Trouble. screwed with the bill. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I can't do that. I, I took two things. I took the Sullivan and Son neon sign that was up in the window, and I gave that to Vince Vaughn, which I'm sure is in a storage unit. Yeah, he could care less. Sure. Um, He's like, yeah, I'll put this next to my wedding crashes, <laughs> 16 posters. It means nothing. And then the other th thing I did take was the the pilot episode, the Pittsburgh Penguins sent us an autographed Mario Lemieux jersey. Oh. And I had that framed, and I asked the camera operators, where's the best real estate to put this? Where is it always going to be visible? They said, well, I put it right there because all four cameras are kind of hit that thing. Yeah. I go, okay, so put that there. So uh, the first two seasons... I always assumed we were going to come back, so I always let storage take it yeah. and keep it. In the third season, I was like, I'm going to take it just in case. And I took it, and thank God I did. Thing, yeah. That's mine now. Yeah, wow. That was the only thing I kept. Well, how about you? Anything from the— I have a couple uh, things. I have my— uh, You guys have—but you don't have, have a like a set set. No, but we had a lot of props. We did heavy prop work. Yeah. So I have a lot of costumes. I have my Captain Fat Belly costume. I have my Cole Van Cole costume. Yeah. I have the dirt bike from when we did the 200th episode that I almost died. Oh, really? Yeah. The yeah. Cole Van uh, The 100th episode, sorry. Or oh, is it 100? Two, no, 200. Um, where I did the, the, the motorbike, the live one, um, the live finale. But we did that. I have the picture from the movie that I had framed for my mom as employee of the month. And we hung it in the back in the Will Ferrell scene. So when Murray's walking no down way. the streets in Miami. Serious? Oh, that was really cool. Yeah, when he's walking down the streets in Miami. From the movie. Yeah, Chris Henshaw did a really cool thing for me there because it was almost, we were almost done filming actually. And there was no more really scripted pieces. And I wanted to have this picture of my mom in the movie. And yeah. I remembered it that night. And it was craziness because Will had come in from wherever he was. And we were doing the scene. It's outside at night where, you know, daylight's coming and we we're trying to do it all. And I was like, oh, my mom's picture. And the, Art director didn't have it on set. They had it in the van back at uh, home base. And uh, Henchy said, hold up, we got to get to that picture. And he made Farrell wow, wait. Wow, no way. And which no is way, so nice. really? And they went. And if you look, you know, in the in the movie, Farrell is, Will Farrell's eating pizza as Murray walks by and the girls do their lines. And behind him in soft focus is my mom's picture. No way, picture really? Oh, that's awesome. Employee of the month underneath. Yeah, it's really cool. So that was, that. I have that. And, you know, I got a bunch of, like, I have a lot of like little proppy stuff that I just took that probably wouldn't mean stuff to people, but I knew when I had like a good scene, I took it. Yeah. You know, the one thing I'm so mad I didn't take was the Scoopsky Patata spoon and bowl. Cause the prop. Yeah, how would you even know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's why. That was the department. Yeah. The, depart the, yeah, the, you, depart right? the department had it and they just took it. And I was like, oh, if I had that, that would have been really cool. Cause that's like one of the most, you know, famous. It's things. probably in some goodwill. It probably is somewhere. Somebody somewhere. probably owns that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they probably oh returned God. it to wherever they got it, you know? So. Yeah, but that uh, that what do you call it is is pretty cool to have. The when outfits. I did the uh, opening act, the only thing I took from there was the um, uh, Cedric's merch. Oh yeah, it was the books that we had made up where he <laughs> said, "I got you this time," and it was a take on Billy Crystal still fooling me because mm -hmm. Billy Crystal was like, <laughs> "I would go to the bookstore and fucking die laughing." It's Billy Crystal, and he's just like, he's just like laughing to himself, yeah. and, it, and the title was still fooling him like. <laughs> 
he got you again. And I always thought, God, it's such a yeah. such a crazy thing yeah. to like. I have to do. Nailed it. Yeah. And so uh, we we did that with Cedric's, and I think I have I gave him out to a handful of friends. But. I see. Have the, I uh, still have in the movie? I played the cave monster, and I had the on the beef t-shirt and i still have that the case the skate what do you call it worn one and i have the backup too and i also have my security jacket from when we did the flashback mm. but the the i'm the beef thing is like the number one recreated thing i signed so many of them in my live shows when oh yeah, meet yeah, and yeah people come through with the meet and greet with their on the beef shirts and the first thing is that soon that you see the fat bellies too i do i do i do i had a guy in a full fat belly costume last weekend we, yeah back it was crazy but the uh, and his daughter dressed up as the genie and it was a father and daughter no so that was so cool they came out all dressed up like went out oh, back after awesome. by the bus and saw them after but there was a every time somebody turns a corner and has the I'm the beef thing I stop and I go I'm the beef and they go I'm the beef I go I'm the beef I'm the beef and we do back and forth and I go okay we're the beef and we take a picture and then I <laughs> sign it it's really funny you see a lot of that I'm the beef one I should sell that I think people like that one uh, the fat belly costume when's the last time you put that on just I just haven't, I haven't a garment bag. I haven't tried it on. I don't yeah. don it and just run around. <laughs> I don't fight crime at night. <laughs> I I have the one. I think the only wardrobe I have is the first Comedy Central special I did. Oh yeah, my brother had this cool jean jacket, and uh, he put on these patches for me, like an Irish flag and a Korean flag, and then an American flag over here. That's like, cool. You have like, that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I was like. Oh, that is cool. And then I took my dad's army oh, uh, labeling with yeah. his name, and I put that on the on the thing. I was like, God, oh, this is cool. Maybe I'll wear this for my special. And I had that for the special. And uh, but that doesn't fit anymore. It still right? fits. Oh yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, Jesus. That was. Long, I'm just saying that was a long time ago. You were now. You're a little bit more. What have I? <laughs> you're not wealthy. I mean, this is how healthier. many years ago was that? 2006. Right. I'm not out of line to say you're a little more. <laughs> From 2006, it's 18 years ago. We're all a little more. <laughs> well, for my next special, I guess I wear a fat belly. Yeah, I know. You want to borrow it? I'll take it out of storage. <laughs> You're not that. All right. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Let's help some people. Let's Thank you for all this. the fans who write in with their dilemmas at Two Cool Moms Pod on uh, Instagram. We're here to help. This coming to us from Kim. Kim. Hi, Cool Moms. Hi, Kim. K-Y-M or K-I? <laughs> It's a good, given what we've been given lately. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, K-I-M. Okay. Classic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, on a first date, who pays? Ooh. I always say that whoever invited, and this doesn't go gender or whoever, a date, romantic or whatnot, friends getting together. I always say whoever did the invite p- picks up the bill. I, I think I'm a little old school. You are? I still think the, the fellow should, the first few dates at least. You know, I, I don't know. I, I've just, uh, like, my perspective was if I'm the guy not being like, you know, a fifties kind of guy, mm-hmm. but like whenever I've dated in the past, in the fifties, prior to the <laughs> prior to my wife, um, I was paid. Yeah, I, I never had a woman. Paid. I never had a woman pay for me. I never had a woman offer uh, <laughs> to pay. Jess definitely offered to pay. She, Jeff, Jess did the fake. Let me get my wallet. Oh, I'm sure she's she did the. Oh, shit. let yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. all do that. But no, I I never had a woman pay for me. But I always think I, I'm talking about it more from. Uh, from the romantical thing, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm old school, too. Like, I think, you know, you, the, the man should pay. Or, but I'm always, like, I go out with friends a lot. Like, even you and I, we battle over the bill all the time. But I think, you know, whoever extends the invite is the person that should pay. Or if you're right. in your hometown, if somebody's in your town, you should probably exactly, pay. Exactly, yeah. And then you get me when I'm in your town. And that gives you an excuse for the second dinner, which I love. So yeah. that that's where I go I go from it. You know, when it comes but to dating. romantically, I mean, I just think it's a nice gesture, male or female. If you're, It shows interest. It shows, hey, I had a... 
I had a good time in here. I'm willing to invest hardcore earned kajish into developing this into a, a something something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to see what the Shkadol turns into a you know, touchy, uh, <laughs> a, a little touchy feelies. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, so I think it just shows. And this also comes like a respect thing. Not that's, that's disrespectful. You split the bill. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like it shows from like, a, oh, you know, I uh, I enjoyed our time here. Right. And I think you know it's it's. I, I thank you for coming out. I thank you for coming and spending time with me, you know? Right. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, I think when the fella, hopefully, yep. pays, um, if the lady or woman uh, offers to say, hey, I, I'd like to chip on whatever, I always thought it was like, that. that's like form of respect, but it was also like a, an expression of interest. Yes. Sometimes it's like, oh, she cares. She's sure. invested in this. Yeah. That's nice. I think, do you feel like this is a script thrown at this point? The guy's like, hey, I'll pay. The girl's like, oh, cool. I'll, no, I'll chip in. And the guy's like, no. And she goes, we okay, thank yeah. you. And that's it. So should we just skip all the bullshit? Yeah. And just, what's going to happen in the car? Just gonna, tell me right now. Tell me right now what's happening. I, I, that, that should be the that's answer. That should be it. You know, hey, do you want me to chip in? Well, hold on. Let, let, let <laughs> Let's talk about what's up. happening after yeah. this. Are, are we going to my Ford Fiesta? <laughs> and just curious, give me the bases. bases. What, what, what do you think? And no. by, by the way, back in the day, like anytime, anytime. And I mean this 100% of the time. If there's a young fellow out there, young pay attention. Buck. Young girl said, listen, no matter what happens tonight, we are not going back to my place and we are not having sex. She'd say that. You got that a lot? Yeah. <laughs> that was her opener. But I'm telling you, it always ended up that way or ah. could have been that 100%. If I was like, well, this is like, this is like really quick. This is too. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that. The psychology of stating uh, that. You think they're playing mind games on you. They're doing negative reinforcements. I'm sure you've been on uh, on dates prior to where a girl is saying that. Yeah. I, a guy, I've never heard a guy. I, I don't know any guy that's ever that's said that. That's what I always Listen, say. No matter always what happens that. tonight. I, when I paid the bill, that's what I would say. I go, I'm paying this bill, but we're not playing PPPP no-nos. <laughs> We're not we're not touching warm parts? We're not doing warm parts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to the ATM. You know what I'm saying? I'm not inserting a chip. Listen, I'm not. This is an Allen wrench set. <laughs> okay? And I'm going to go pinky. Okay. I'm not going pinging him. No, no, no. I'm not doing this. No. I'm not doing a flipper. No. I'm not a flipper. I would, yeah, it's it's hard because I, get, I think it comes from a thing because the main thing is that I've never had, and I don't think anybody should have expectation if you pay, right? There's no, it's no, uh, it's not a tete-a-tete. Right, it's either you're going to be right, the kind right. of person that wants to pay because you feel like it's the right thing to do, and that's why you should do it. You but it's a like, guy that's the roll of the dice. You're, you're, that's yes. that's that's the roll of the dice for you. Yeah. You got to see if you have chemistry that comes at a cost. Ah, it does. chemistry that comes at a cost. That's it a great does. saying. But a woman, I think, a young lady, she's looking for suitor. They can sit in the pocket. There's a lot uh, that they've got to do. Right, they got to get ready. They got to put the heels on. Of they course, do the skin. They got to yeah. do the hair. They all the shit. It's just like it's just like. Have you watched porn lately? It's like the girls get they get dolled up. The hair's done. They got the pearl necklace on. They got the shiny heels. They got the six inch. They got the skirt. These dudes are washing. They're just like mesh shorts and flip flops with socks on. It's like, well, that's because you, that's because like, your category God. is Titanic porn. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know why you're watching that. Um, I yeah, I, I it could go either way. But even like, I mean, if you break it down further than just, I the do Z. like Titanic porn because because before I. Before before I have sex with my wife, the band's playing in the background. I go, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, because you know she's going to go down. <laughs> Joe, absolutely not. 
Um, I think the I think the bigger thing is out of all of it though, like with the with the paying thing. It really just comes from the place of I think of the kind of person that you were in your upbringing, yeah, and or just like if you've been around that or seen around that. Like I've always seen my dad, and I you know I've just always seen my dad pay for everything for everybody. Yeah, like he always just did, and we, we didn't really have money, but we didn't also didn't go out to like extravagant. We were at Barati's Pizzeria, you know. I was like, I got it. Don't worry, it's a twenty dollar sure, yeah, pizza. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So it was like I think that's I think it really influences you when you're younger, like to see how the dynamic of your parents are too. You know. Uh, by the way, I, I completely agree with you. I think that's where I get it from. I think there's the principle of it. Yeah. I think, you, you know, you're quite successful. I think we, we've, look, we've had friend we've got friends that yeah. are in different echelons different. or tax brackets. For sure. Have you? And there's been a handful of times, for sure, I've been out and I'm like, I should pick this up because I don't want this individual thinking I'm along for a fucking free ride. ride like, yeah. I've got to pay my way. And it's been a conscious decision to... To just not, and it's also like a form of respect. Like, hey, I appreciate you having me along. This is a, an incredible dinner, but yeah. I mean, every now and then I got to do something here. Yeah. I, I, you I can't have T Rex on for too much because it's before somebody is going to notice that you're not going and, to the and pocket. And look, let's stop talking about Jiggy. <laughs> he okay? knows it. I, I say it right to his face. Do you really? I say right. I say you want to. Did you hurt your arm? You need a cast. You can't go into your pocket. <laughs> Jiggy's one of the sweetest. Um, He's so great. He always buys Dunkin' Donuts for us. Yeah, I'll get the fresh seafood tower, Jiggy. Well, you, you could you pick up the could you pick up the six pack of Dunkin' uh, Munchkins for ninety nine cents? Thanks, Jig. Listen. Guys, and then he's always big time. Jiggy. He goes, guys, this one's on Jiggy Inc. <laughs> You want a Boston cream? I'll get you Boston, Boston cream. cream. You want coconut? You want, I saw you the sun. The buy one, get one yeah. free, buddy. You're not fooling anybody. Flash forward to dinner. So the Wagyu, <laughs> is, is it from in? Japan or Idaho? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Let's get a, ba a bacon wrap for an extra 40. <laughs> <laughs> for the table. He's got really ballsy now that he starts ordering from my table. He's like, we'll get this for the table. I'm like, we will? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. You guys like 42? 42? <laughs> Shut up. Stop. My God. Wine list will take the left side. Thank you. I don't drink. <laughs> uh, I hope that helped. I felt like uh, we added a little bit of value to that person's life. I hope it helped. Yes. Great. I do too. Okay. Um, This is coming to us from Sean. Mm -hmm. Hey, mamas. It's Shawnee here. Hey, Shawnee. Shawnee. I need some advice from the two cool moms about mom guilt and how to overcome it. Ooh. I have three girls and trying not to be so hard on myself. Lots of love to you guys. Love, Shawnee. Shawnee, we've all been there. For sure. For sure. Sounds like she's probably... I mean, three kids. Mom guilt. Activities. Yep. They're... She, I, I guarantee you Balancing she's running around act, constantly. Right. Balancing so act. don't feel guilty at all. Yeah, trying to get everything done, keep the house in order, homeworks, activities, sleep, getting a time lack for you, sleep. lack of sleep, take care of There's probably a pet or two with the house with three kids. You got a Meals. Pet. There's got to be meals be made. You're out there. You're probably taking the mail, mowing the lawn probably. I don't know how, I don't know what your situation is with your husband. He may have left at this point because you, you've got no time for him because you're busy with these kids. So, I mean, now what? Now you feel guilty about that. And now you're on the dating apps. You're up all night swiping left and right. Nobody's writing back. You feel bad. It's a whole thing. And we need to unpack a lot of it. What I think I would say is <laughs> mom guilt is just regular guilt. It's almost like Catholic. <laughs> Wait, are you Catholic? I am. You have Catholic guilt then. Well, I don't I'm not, I'm not practicing anymore, so I gave no. up my guilt back in but the But isn't it 2000s. isn't it inherently embedded no. in Yeah. I I I think every 
every Catholic. Has I think it. I have it for I sure. I think in your upbringing, I mean, I, I, guilt is just a, is a, is a measure of empathy for me, right? Mm -hmm. Because you feel like if you're not giving enough to somebody or something, then you feel bad that you haven't done that. Right. But it's a two part thing, right? Because you need to also be able to have the wherewithal to know I'm out of I'm out of stuff to give. I need to refill the tanker. You know, right, right, yeah. So yeah. that's when the guilt comes in because when you're taking time for yourself and you're ignoring, you're not really, but you feel like you're ignoring everything else. It's like that's when you feel that guilt to come up. But that's that's a necessity. It's a necessary part of the equation. It needs right. to be balanced because you've only got so much to give you. I mean, the car stops running with the gas yeah. is out. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you need to really figure that out. So for her, I would say for the mom guilt, I think you would just. Try to tick as many of the big boxes as you can and right. let the little ones go. You need to be there if your kids have a big problem and need your advice about right. something. If they need some help to uh, do some sort of you know uh, project that they're worried about or need need your assistance on, or they need to eat, and you need to like pay the bills to supply for them. You know, but yeah. there's little things like if they're if they have a game where they sit on the bench and they're not playing and yeah. they don't care if you're there or not, don't go. You know, yeah. For me, it's like those kind of things. There's there's stuff that's missable. You don't need to be there for every moment, because during those moments that you're not there, you're really there for them because you're filling back up. That's my two cents. Yeah, you don't want to be a that 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 helicopter parent. Okay. Worst. Um, we've had discussions about this on the road. Where we're on the road, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday. We're gone on the weekend. Traveling home Monday. Their weekend. They work hard all week in school, and they want to go out and have fun, and we're not around. So, yeah, I, I definitely have guilt, and we talked about bringing home gifts and everything. Sure. And, and what it comes down to is, I think, to your point, being precise with your allotment of time that you're spending with each individual child. And um, be present. Make sure it's thing. quality time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Putting the phone away, listening, let's take a walk. You know, that's something I've been doing with my daughter lately. She's hitting an age where... You know, she's not a kid anymore, and she's definitely, like, preteen, and it's, uh, you know, some, you know, the, the Interesting things conversations, that, stuff that's on her mind. Interesting conversations, yeah. and I think what it comes down to is— Should I pay on this date, Dad? I don't— <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, just saying, uh, hey, let's let's take a walk. You and I, let's just take a walk, and we'll—let's just talk and, you know, air it out. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think the biggest thing to get rid of the guilt is make the most of those moments. We talked about this, and it's a big thing, is to take make the most of those moments that you're with them. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you squander those moments when you're physically there, right, then it's impossible for you to be present. You know, you're not present when you are present. That's terrible. Like, you got to try to do what you can there. You right. Know, and then take care of yourself when you have your time. You know, for us, it's a little different because we're physically out of the house. We're physically gone. We're on the road for, you know, yeah. three, four, or five days. Um, and FaceTime so, is only a few minutes. Yeah. Before they get bored and you're upside down and they're doing something else or something's going on at the house that's more interesting. I find that the FaceTime is losing its lackluster with my kids too because it's become more of a norm now. It's like we right. could see and we could just FaceTime them. And I, I went the past three weekends ago, two weekends ago, my daughter didn't FaceTime me all, all day on Saturday. And I didn't even realize because I was so busy. And then on Saturday night, and we had a time change, I was in a different time zone. And I just texted Bess. I was like, everything good? And she's like, yeah, we had a play date, blah, blah. blah. And she, she was like, busy. I was like, oh, shit. It's interesting. Yeah, last time I FaceTimed them, I heard a male voice in the background say, it's dinner time. And I was like, who is, what? The Uber driver, going? gotta yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Not cool. <laughs> Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, by the way, did you see Super Mario Brothers yet? Not yet. Oh, not yet. I'm going this week with them. With the kids? Yes. <sighs> okay. This is coming to us from Grover. Ooh. Hi there, mommies. Muppet? 
Well, not far off. No. <laughs> this is coming to us from Grover. Mm-hmm. Hi, mommies. Love what you're doing with your podcast. I often listen at work when I'm supposed to be working. <laughs> Sorry. Classic Grover. There you go. Um, <laughs> and I just love the format. My friends have always told me I'm a funny guy. Some of these even suggested I give stand-up a try. I've always been a cautionary kind of guy, but as I get older, I'm learning sometimes it's good to just throw caution in the wind and see what happens. So I was wondering if you guys have any advice for a 48-year-old guy who is attempting, who is considering to attempt stand-up. Any suggestions or advice you could give? Thanks, mommies. And keep up the great work. You're making a difference while making us all laugh at the same time. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, Grover. Thank you. Um, so he is thinking of doing stand-up. He's we always say that the first set is the hardest set's the first set, right? You got to yes. get up there and try it. So a lot of people, for a lot of people, too, I find that the barrier to entry is they don't know where to, to go or how right. to go about it, physically how to go about doing it. Once you say, okay, I want to do stand-up, okay, now what? Right. Where do you do it? How do you try it? Because they just don't let anybody up anywhere. You got to figure that out. So I think that is like doing a little bit of research about like where's your open mics in your town, sure. going to a bigger city if the closest bigger city, and for on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, um, I always like starting by seeing stand up comedy, and being known as somebody who goes to that club a lot or whatever. So like back in the day, I used to go to Caroline's all the time. I used to love Caroline's in Times Square, and I befriended a lot of people that worked there. And I was just kind of became like a kind of a regular. Mm-hmm. Ticket price got waived after a little while because I knew I was there. I was a good laugher. I had fun. You know, I spent sure. money with food and drinks. So they didn't, uh, I knew some comics and whatnot. So it's a fun place to be, a comedy club, you know? Yeah. Uh, Grover, I would suggest, uh, you know, watch the opening act. Like, it, yeah. it's literally about a kid's first time on the road. It's about the beginning of the journey. But, uh, again, I think that... And that film really does exhibit the harsh reality of what this really is. I think people, it, it's so easy to go on Netflix. It's so easy to go on, you know, right. HBO Max, and and you go to YouTube and see somebody's hour special and think, wow, that's fucking cool. Well, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> when you're starting off, it takes a while to get there. It's not too cool. You're going into like. The worst of the worst situations, I mean, just open mics, it's filled with comics, there's nobody there that's like a paying customer, it's very rare that you get a great open mic, but the challenge is, is to get up on stage, get blinded by the lights, your heartbeat is racing, you're taking things that you've, it's almost like a diary, they're so personal to you because you've never said this out loud in terms of a joke, I don't mean like, it's it's a diary like, this is my life. It just, these things are so meaningful to you because you never tried them and you're going to go out there and the challenge is to thread the needle with taking something that you wrote and created and making a room full of strangers laugh. And I think that's the focus, not the aesthetics of, man, this is shitty. This is loud. It's awful. The mm-hmm. comics are hating on each other. They're not laughing. Ignore all that. Just Just go into it thinking about the challenge, the challenge of Believing that your friends think you're funny, you know you're funny, you're goofing off at work, you're 48, you're never too old, just try it. Just know that, you know, you're not you're not moving to New York next week. You right, know, right. I, just have your, have your, your, your the optics and uh, your expectations uh, a lot lower than they need to be because For it's sure. so easy to watch this stuff and go, that looks like fun. It's like the lights and the To people, actually do it. Yeah, 500 people laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. it takes a minute to get there. Yeah. Well, you can, but look, I mean, you you went from, you know, I, I think people think being funny, you can just be a comic. It's a skill set, and you went from, like, being part of an ensemble, improving a lot, 
uh, reacting um, more so than you know writing something out or telling a story on yeah. stage or whatever and and to literally see what you've done in like a year and change but i mean nobody could speak to that process more than you because you started stand up a, a, a lot later than, than yeah. most people do yeah. and i just saw stand up to I was, tickets. It's 40, crazy. 45 yeah so yeah. it's definitely not too old but yeah how old is this guy 48 48 yeah but you oh, did it i did it i'm only 45 no but you you I'm uh, younger than a lot guy, later so than but <laughs> Not later than most, okay? I know, but I still got some life left in me. You don't put me in the don't put me on hospice care. Remember this? <laughs> Remember that? That's me on stage. Yeah. My fat fuck friend I just, Steve. I just flew in here with my fat fuck friend Steve. <laughs> fat fuck. Oh, that's a great name for you. Ooh, fat fuck? Fat fuck friend Steve. All th- all four of them. Fat it, fuck friend is a funny is a funny uh Nomenclature is that the word? No, that's not the word. What's the word I'm looking for? Fat I don't f- know, but I <laughs> look at him jiggle. <laughs> Are you really getting upset? Between the two of us, who do you think is fatter? <laughs> Denial's not only a, a oh river in Egypt, God. buddy. You, you, I remember. Do you know who Jeff Beecher is? Beecher's Comedy Club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Go. not. I'm not speaking that term when I say this. Okay. Jeff Beecher's, he 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 recently got very fit. When I knew him and did his show, he was clinically obese. Enormous, yeah. He was a hundred percent close to four hundred pounds. Oh wow. I, he was. Huge he man. was extremely overweight. Okay. And I remember we're at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas going to rehab, which is the big pool party mm-hmm. on Sundays. It was packed. You had to, you know, it was it was nuts to get in there because it's total the show. scene, yeah. And that's where they had the TV show, right? Yes. So I go in, and I'm probably 170 pounds at the time. You know, just me. I don't work out. I played hockey, rode a bike, and nothing nothing fantastic. So I I remember I I walk over to the jacuzzi, and he's in there with, like, a shirt on. And I walk up. He goes, Jesus, what a waste. I go, what? He goes, you should work out. I was like, hey, (laughs) Fuck you. Look at yourself. Are you kidding me? Absolute pig. And he goes, what a waste. And the worst goes, the worst is that it stung you hard. It stung you hard. He to might have day. spoke a little truth there. To this day. Still carrying that with you. Yeah, but uh, you took the baton from him around the track and field. Now you're. Uh, now I hear about all that. I will, not, okay. I will not make any more jokes about your weight. I didn't realize it was such a sensitive subject. No, it's not at all. No. Oh, okay. I thought you'd have a big fat heart. <laughs> match your big fat body oh my god <laughs> my, my fat fuck friend steve <laughs> i love you um this comes coming to us from daniel uh what are you weighing right now <laughs> right now i'm at 187 i'm i'm uh, i'm 30 pounds heavier than you yeah so and you are also two inches taller than me how tall are you uh about six yeah i'm five ten so i'm your fat fuck friend joe pleased to meet you you, you are not though <laughs> i don't think you are I wear blacks. You look and I good, blouse. though. I wear blacks and I blouse. You look very good. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to. Very good. Okay, Joe. I've waited fifty plus episodes mm-hmm. for this question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about time it happened. Okay. I'm glad it happened. Um, has I, the world, in your opinion, has the world been waiting for this question as well? I don't think they're ready for it. Okay. I don't think they know that they need this answered. I don't know that they 
want it answered, but somebody had to be brave enough to ask it, to pull Excalibur out. Because you know what they're saying? Most questions that are never asked are not answered. It's the truth. If you think about it, <laughs> most questions that aren't asked are not answered. That's true. <laughs> and I didn't mean to blow your mind, but there's just a little something for your pocket that you could put it in there and you could use that when you need it. Okay. Just take it out when you need it. It's coming us from Gracie. Here comes Gracie. Hey, Our, mommies. The, the, the world champion. Important question. Okay, go ahead, Gracie. When you put your shoes on in the morning, do you put on sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? This is very important, and there is a right answer. P.S. Love you guys. If there's someone out there putting on a sock, then a shoe, and a sock, and then a shoe, I want them right to the mental institution. I want them locked up and the key thrown. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. No one does that, Gracie. That's insanity. Sock, shoe, sock, shoe instead of sock, sock, shoe, shoe? No I way. think that's an, an initiation process for ISIS. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like anything a no rational one. human being Nobody would do. Rational. That's got to be a tick or something. Nobody does. You know what I do? Hmm. I understand why she does this. Why? Because when I get ready, okay, I shower and whatever, put on my undies, right? Yeah. Put my undies on. I put my jean on. And I go one leg on. One leg. Then I go one sock. So then you get I go shoe. Left then and I right. Go You're left, symmetrical. Then I go right leg. Yeah. Sock, shoe. Yeah. And now I'm ready for the day. That is great. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. I put on the wear on last. <laughs> Wait, how yeah. is that? Yeah. But it's the best way. Well, um... Yeah. Yeah, it's the best way. It's a snap. Um, do you okay, I've got something else for you. Okay. Here's another one. Blow my mind. When you're putting your shirt on yeah no i'm sorry when you're taking like your shirt out of the dryer and it's inside out how do you turn it back right side out how do you do it do you pull it i go in both and i pull them out like that i pull mine through the, i don't go sleeve sleeve i pull mine through the through the neck through the, through the neck oh that's the cheat I that's pull the mine cheat the neck. i go and find both sleeves and i pull it out that's the, that's the right neck. i stretch my necks out though can you fold a towel yes i can't fold a towel for the life of me. not well i i my wife makes fun of me but We'll have all the towels from the and there's like I, I'm like they're folded four different ways. Yeah. They don't look all uniform. I'm like I don't know, and she's like just let me fold the towels. <laughs> and I probably it would take me if I just learned it, but I just I don't. It's like fuck it, okay, you're gonna do it. I will say that now that I'm on my own and I'm how do you do, fold a towel? Do you go thirds or half? Uh, thirds. Yeah, I do a you do a half and then third third and folder. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's way hard. It's way easier than like a fitted sheet. But I will say, I came from retail, and I love the way I fold a t-shirt. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things, improvements in my life ever since I'm on my own now is that I get to fold my own t-shirts. Do you go center, tink, tink, and then fold, fold, no, no, and then you see the crest like right there? I do the pinchy, pinchy on the shoulder. Yeah, to a a wavuf, <laughs> and a lay, and a tuck on the side, make sure it's okay. I do it one felt once felt. I do it like eighth grade style. I fold the t-shirt in half. And then do it. It, you, it looks horrible. It's terrible. It looks it, it looks horrible. Oh man! And your t-shirts don't look that bad when you put them on. It, it, exactly. Mm, I guess it's I guess it's not. When What's you matter? pack, do you roll them? Do no. you roll t-shirts? Only those are psychopaths too. Only if I've overpacked. Like when I'm on the road yeah. and I buy too much. Yes, I'm like, you need I can't to fit everything. I'm not yeah. checking this bag. That's when you roll it. Yes, that's because it does save. Yeah, roll with it. Yeah, you, but people who do that from the get from the jump, not for me. No, I can't be friends with somebody that rolls their no. clothing. No, no, that's terrible. That's a terrible human. Yeah. yeah. It's also a, the sock shoe. I'm still, 
If I was, if you were, if you were like, take you back to like, you know, 24 year old Stevie's. Yeah. He's out and about on the town. He's had a nice night with a lady. Oh, friend. he makes me happy. She's saying goodbye. And she says, all right, I'm going to get going. Let me dress myself back up. And she puts her sock and then her shoe on. And she puts another sock and then her shoe on. <laughs> that number is lost before the door shuts. <laughs> I don't care how great of an evening it was. Gone. Yeah. Let me get my Nissan Pulsar. <laughs> And dip out of here at <laughs> zero to sixty in two minutes. Deuces. Bitch. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm no out. way. Oh, no. no, that's that's bananas. Here's what I hate. Okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, an airport is a carnival of slobbery. Oh, so much. I've, I love flying with you because I get to watch your face as you watch people. How dare you on a on an airplane wear a mesh tank top? Uh. Like it, <laughs> you. You should be on the no-fly list. So many places not to wear one, but especially on a plane. Not a mesh. Yeah. I, I get it. It's an NBA jersey. Mm -hmm. It's still a tank top. Yeah. No one wants to see that. No, that's there. And it, my other pet peeve, and it, it's fashionable. And they're, fixing, and they're fixing the air conditioning. Oh. The scraggles come out. Oh. They're Tarzan in it on you. Oh, get oh. out of here. Gross. It looks oh, like that, that pit return to the I've Jedi. Done that. I've done that. Yeah. Let me get that for you. Because <laughs> I'm not an animal. I'm not an animal. I could do that. Yeah. You. Yeah. You're up here doing this. Like you're a fucking blow up doll at Johnny's used card auto sales on the corner of Crescent Boulevard. You're out here doing this with your things. Get out of here. Disgusting. Uh, An exposed armpit is not good for disgusting. anything. It's terrible. No one wants to no. see it. Good. This is fashionable. I hate it. I detest it. It makes me sick to my stomach. Sandals with socks. Sandals with socks. I, yeah, I, I hate. But it. would you rather a barefoot on a plane? That's worse than snakes for me. Put on some shoes. Yeah, you are an adult. Yeah. You're if you're if you're six, okay, teenager, you never know when shit's gonna go I down. I can't fly with a barefoot. Ready. I can't fly with a barefoot. I don't mm -hmm. care how old you are. My kids want to fly with Crocs. Uh. -uh. No, no, no. No, put no. your your socks and shoes. You're a human. Put some clothes exactly, shoes yeah. on. You're not a <laughs> have the slightest, the least amount of decorum. As we fly on an airplane, yeah, I got barefooted the other day. I was with Jiggy. We got I got oh. barefooted. I had two. We had two middle seats because we changed our flight last minute. Mm -hmm. We're across from each other. Two middle seats. My guys doing you were in a middle seat. Yeah, no. my guys doing a barefoot. It was only an hour. My guy was doing a barefoot, but he was doing a leg cross. Oh no! And he he tucked no, it. No, no, yeah, he tucked it into the side, but he was on the window, so he had his barefoot like, smacked up against the plane siding. I was like, that can't be comfortable. It's also disgusting. And put your foot is closer to people now. Get put it's your so feet gross. away. It is. And I'm I, not, mean, I don't mind feet. I'm not a feet, but a barefoot on a plane. Can I tell get you, you motherfucking that's, feet. That's the best part about planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm -hmm. With John Candy, yes. he's complaining oh. about his feet, right? And he he takes his shoes off, and you're like, oh my god, it's so disgusting. And then I've never seen this before. Ever since. He takes his socks off, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's so gross. And he starts whipping <laughs> his feet with his socks, like <laughs> beating them like a horse, like he's trying to like air out a horse, a horse in his tail. Oh my the... god! And I'm just uh, thinking, if you're, he's improving that part, and you're just like, that, that could genius. be one of the funniest things I've ever seen genius. in all the cinema. Uh, to literally fan your back feet to with the, the socks and them. just. Oh, 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 yeah, so great. Oh, God. Oh, so great. Uh, well, put your feet away, people. Thank you for listening to Two Cool Moms. I've been Joe Gatto. Steve Bird. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. These two cool mommies love you, so show us some love. Please rate us, review us, follow us on all social media, and subscribe to our YouTube.